On the 17th of June this year, Tom Woodington is heading out on a truly inspirational and record-breaking endeavour to become the fastest man in history to row from Canada to the UK across the North Atlantic Ocean. Mind or Matter is a declaration that with enough commitment and determination, we can overcome the physical and mental challenges we face, no matter how insurmountable they may seem. This expedition will allow Tom to share his message, long back by science, that sport and exercise elevates mood and mental well-being. Tom's passion for this cause comes from dealing with monumental loss and grief of his own. Please, please donate and support him for this fantastic cause. We will share the link in the podcast description and his website with further info and the donation link is www.mindormatter.com. So that's www.mindormatter.com. Okay, so it is recording. Welcome to Girls on the Peace, your weekly ski fix with Emma Woodward and me, Bella <laughs> Hi, Bella. <laughs> nice to see you too. God, we've kicked off Sorry. to a great start. You can tell it's been a while, can't you? So we're a bit rusty. <laughs> our, you know, not quite as profesh as we were. <laughs> which we were obviously very fresh. Very. And yeah, we are back with some fab guests and great content to keep you entertained for the rest of the season. A little later than planned, but nonetheless... We are so excited. I remember the end of last time we said, we'll be back in June 2021. <laughs> now it's January, March, Here February 2023. <laughs> but anyway, it's great to be back. We're so happy. Um, it's been mad and it's great. And we just can't wait to, to get back and talk skiing. We've got some epic guests lined up. Yeah. Totally different to last season, but just as exciting, if not more. Yeah. And we'll just discuss anything and everything centered around skiing for this winter exactly so where are we today feb 21st we are having we are having a conversation shortly with tom waddington which we are so excited about good friend professional skier absolute mr extraordinaire ski babe (laughs) tom that it is tom that it is so yeah stay tuned so um before we kick off with Tom, let's have a quick little catch up because it's nice just to sort of actually reflect on what the hell has been going on. How's Ted's? How's little Teddy? Had you had Teddy by the last podcast? So last time we did this podcast, no, I wasn't just pregnant and oh. you were not pregnant. We just, when was it? We just both got married, hadn't we? Oh and yeah, then, exactly. And so it was 20, the pandemic, it was like lockdown. We had weird, not weird weddings, but they were like yeah, yeah, yeah. small <laughs> weddings <laughs> with 15 people, 30 people for you. What was it? No, you were the other way around. Oh, I can't remember now. Whatever. And now we both have babies. We sure do. And work's busy again, which is great. Back, bigger and better. It's actually great, isn't it? Everyone's yeah. like, finally, it feels nice. Um, and it's kind of scary because you. it was only a year or so ago where everything was, was so different and life went to a standstill. But yeah. at the same time, like, it's so easy to forget. Yes, it's no. gone back straight into being super busy, which is great. But yeah, you just the last couple of years, two, three years are just a bit of a blur, aren't they? And they were fairly awful. Yeah, I never used to leave the house without a face mask. Now I don't even have it in my handbag, I don't think. Oh, sitting on a crowded commuter train this morning and, you know, you wouldn't think COVID was a thing anymore. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. So anyway. But, rock um, and roll. 
Yeah, Bells, you had a baby? I have little Tallulah, my little <laughs> baby girl. So she's five months old now. I took her, we had a client trip in Crow, Montana a couple of weeks ago now. So I took her out with me and yeah, she came on her first little work trip. <laughs> um, she loved the snow. Well, um, no, you're super mum, super mummy for going, you know, taking her on a client trip when she's three months, was she? Yeah, she's, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, well, yeah, so she did Italy at seven weeks. Yeah. And then, yeah, she must have been three, four months and gone. <laughs> but no, no, she's great. And what else has been going on? I mean, look, we've literally just come out of the World Cup in Courchevel and Maribel and the Three Valleys, which has been super exciting. Yes. Did you watch it at, at the weekend? I did. I was up, ready and waiting for the final race on Sunday with Dave riding in the slalom. Um, How did he do? I didn't actually watch it. Yeah, so no, it was frustrating actually. Like he skied well, but you know, once he's he's now set a bar, mm. so people expect him to, yeah, to go um, even higher, exactly. don't they? In fact, I think Christofferson took the title in the end, so, and yeah. he didn't actually ski well in the first run at all. Okay. I then had to. I didn't actually get to watch the second run because I had to go and meet the vicar for Toulouse christening. <laughs> How wild my life is now. I know our lives are. Last time we did a podcast, we were like free and. Useful now, not so much. And also, um, doggies, how's Stan? Oh my god, what happened to your stuffed owl? It's still in the freezer. <laughs> oh, uh, so, yeah, Stan's good. Stan is a little bit sort of obviously, he's my sort of firstborn, but um, he's a little bit jealous of Teddy. Mm. He's not jealous, but he's quite an adjustment. Let's just jump straight into our chat with Tom. Yeah. Girls on the Peace podcast is sponsored by Carve. Carve is a revolutionary digital ski coach technology. It analyzes your technique and coaches you with live audio as you ski. Turn your ski boot into your personal ski instructor and supercharge your skiing with Carve. So New York Times have described Carve as the most future forward app on the slopes and we are so excited to try it. Bells, quick summary. How does it work? So basically, you place a foot pad device into your ski boot, connect the audio to your headphones and ski. The device then analyzes your technique using advanced pressure sensors. It's your invisible instructor turning your ski boot into your own personal ski coach. So clever. So you listen to what it's telling you through the app. Exactly. Yes. So you can then check your ski turns and edge angles precisely and you can compete with yourself and or others to improve your technique. So it's a bit like Strava, but for skiing. Yes, exactly. In that, you can record your skiing and improve against yourself and others, but with advanced technology and with feedback from some of the best skiers in the world. And will it work for any skiing level? Absolutely. It's great if you're competitive and want to perfect your technique or just to add a bit of fun to your ski holiday. It's also great to use in a ski lesson as it can back up what your instructor is teaching you and help you understand what to work on. Wow. Uh, Just looking at some more reviews here. Forbes say, Carve is without a doubt a game changer for skiers and could revolutionise the way people practice winter sports in the future. And the Times said, a ski instructor that charges mates rates is not irritated by your bad habits and won't seduce your girlfriend. <laughs> we will both be trying it when we are out in the out scene and can't wait to review it personally. Carver offering our listeners a limited time 10% discount code. You can find details for this in the podcast description. The code is carve like girls pod. 
Supercharge your skiing with Carve, the fastest way to improve your technique every winter. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, good, thanks. How are you? Very good. Good. Head stuff, so... Oh my god, I knew the minute we came on, you'd be like, I was like, what has Tom done? I bet he's going to have done his hair, but you haven't. <laughs> so I was like going to make a comment on it, because I knew you would have done it. Uh, well, it's not, you're not actually going to be like putting a video of this, are, are you? Yeah, and we're also already on record. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom. Um, but what, what have you found? I can't believe, by the way, have you found a drink? Oh yeah, have you got a drink? No, I'm an athlete now, I've got coffee. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah. So when I was talking to Tom earlier, I said, Emma bounced in and said, oh, get a drink. And because we're going to have drinks. I've got Are you one. really? I'm, oh. I'm on tequila, Paloma, baby. Got gin, gin ton. Tequila. Nick. Yeah. Oh. oh, nice. And Tom goes, oh, well, I don't know. I have to look out and see if I've got something and see if I found. I was like, bullshit. The, <laughs> ma- the boy that can drink every other man under the table. <laughs> I've told Says you. He does not have a beer in his house. No, no, I, I'm an athlete now. I've got a rowing session. I've got an hour and a half to do on the uh, road. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. It is actually only three o'clock, really, so we probably shouldn't. <laughs> is that, are you now not mm. drinking until you... No, no, no. No, I'm, I'm still drinking. It's just probably best not to do it before getting on the rowing machine. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, <really>, yeah. <laughs> so, first off, just so we can tell everyone that... Um, Una Lodge is awesome. You bought the building a few years back. Oh, hang on. Are we live? Are we, wait, we started <laughs> yes, we started ages ago, guys. I thought this was like the pre-chat. <laughs> and also you're just doing it without scripts. I'm very impressed. No, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, as well. No, I thought we'd started because I We can more. definitely use that though because it's very natural. Okay, good. Oh, so natural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, no, like, let's carry on. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but first of all, we do need to introduce you. We need to introduce the Tom Waddington. We are very excited to welcome Tom Waddington as our first guest of season two on Girls on the Peace. Tom has been one of a select few Basie trainers since 2014 and also is a race coach. He has spent over a decade teaching and training all over the Alps. Over the past few years, Tom has competed as an FIS athlete. By the way, do you say FIS or FIS? Uh, yeah, I say FIS. <laughs> ah, we've yeah, been debating it. Yeah. Anyway, FIS athlete in New Zealand and worked closely with Dave Riding, who's Britain's number one slalom skier and world top 10, and his coaching team. He now coaches junior athletes and Eurotest candidates. Tom lives in Verbier all year round. In the winter, he delivers training programs for trainee ski instructors and runs examinations for ski instructors to qualify. He also owns a B&B in Sharp called Una Lodge and is a firefighter in Verbier, <laughs> which is obviously his favourite thing to tell the girls <laughs> in the cars. <laughs> Aside from this, Tom is undertaking a hugely impressive challenge this year and is rowing solo across the North Atlantic, which we can't wait to talk to him about. He's also an amb- ambassador for the company Carve, which is a new and exciting digital ski coach technology, which we will hear a lot more about shortly. So welcome, Tom. <clears throat> And it's great to finally have you on the podcast. Thank you for the lovely introduction. And uh, it's very nice to be here. Thanks for having me. We've missed quite a few accreditations to your name. Sorry, but we couldn't <laughs> squeeze it all in. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. So first of all, I thought we'd kick off with just finding out a bit about 
the season um so yeah how has the season been going it must be good to, like being back to normal it's obviously a bit of a weird season last year and post-pandemic how is it out in Verbier? Well, you know what I thought the other day? I was actually riding the bubble and I remembered back to the COVID season and we were lucky enough to be open in Switzerland. But there was no holidaymakers, there was no clients. It was just for locals and people living here. Mm-hmm. And I remember having to ride the bubble, eating a really cold pasta every day because there was nowhere to go to eat lunch. And there was no one around and you couldn't really socialise. You couldn't go in any of the bars. And it's amazing how quickly you forget that wasn't that wasn't that long ago. And actually now to have just a normal season where you can see people, see friends, you can eat lunch in a restaurant. It's you look back and you think, wow, this is this is really good. So yeah, it's it's lovely to have things return to normal for sure. Yeah, it all seems like a bit of a it seems like a little bit of a blur, doesn't it? It's really weird. But yeah, good to be busy. And it's be it's obviously been really busy with half term and everything. How's the snow? Because obviously the press are obviously making it out to be terrible, but I'm sure it's not as bad as they're making out. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt they are, you know, but I think you can look at it two ways. Basically, yeah, it's only really snowed twice since December. And <laughs> It snowed a month ago. It snowed loads. And the seasons these days are more variable, the temperatures, and, you know, there is a climate issue for sure. But, you know, glass half full, we're still skiing. And the piece have been amazing this last month. Uh, everyone's had a brilliant holiday last week. The snow has still been good on the piece. It's not been great off piste. So if you look at it like that, everyone's still skiing. You can still ski nearly every running resort and getting corduroy in the morning. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a good season, especially if you like peace skiing like me. <laughs> <laughs> and so getting corduroy in the morning is <laughs> when the snow is basically like a pair of cords that you wear. So the snow is super grippy in pristine, what's the word, in pristine condition and yeah. the peace matter has just been over it. So yeah, that's kind of the dream snow conditions for us, isn't it? When mm-hmm. Yeah. Go on the piste. Um, very good description. Thanks. It's very important the listeners understand these things. I just thought I'd add in people complain about the snow, but actually, the majority of most holiday skiers ski on the piste. And with infrastructure these days in, in the larger resorts, you know, they've got so much infrastructure behind them that this man made snow is made and it's really good. And when they combine it with the fresh snowfall, you know, it actually produces a really good snowpack. And so, for the majority of holiday goers, I don't know why there's always such a whinge because if they're just on piste anyway, as you just mm. said, Tom, like, the the piece held up during like the mass traffic and onslaught of people during Feb half term like that speaks wonders yeah. and it's got a good base hasn't it and then there's I think there's some snow forecast so it'll be yeah it, it's all right we we'll probably get some more snow and then the press will be talking about the the late snowfalls and stuff like that and yeah so I'm I'm very hopeful yeah there's so much we want to talk to you about but it would be good as well just to tell everyone a little bit about you a bit about your story so why you live in Verbier how long you've been there why you love it because I presume you would not be living there if you didn't (laughs) and what keeps you busy really at the moment yeah well I'll I'll try and give a real quick summary I started off skiing as a a young lad in, in Scotland in Aviemore my dad was a school teacher and he used to drive from Yorkshire, originally from Halifax in Yorkshire, and used to drive up to, to Aviemore 
sometimes on a weekend. And then he ran the school ski trip. So me and my brother, when we were very young, got to go on the school ski trip. And, and we learned to ski there. Fast forward a, a good few years. And I was always a holiday skier. Went to university, studied accounting, d- decided it wasn't for me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's why I'm a ski instructor. And yeah, I did, I did a gap year after uni, became a ski instructor, loved it, not looked back the last 16 years. Did some seasons in France, training to be a ski instructor, worked in Italy. But 12 years ago, came to Verbier for my first season and just loved it. It was a brilliant environment, great off-piece skiing. Great partying. Yeah, great partying. Yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> Mardi Gras today, and we've been seeing everyone's outfits. Oh, you're going to say that? Thank yeah. You. yeah, Mardi Gras day. Yeah, it's a big, big party in, in Verbier tonight, so you I won't be going, remember. but... <laughs> remember my Mardi Gras days and I used to dress up Emma, Jojo and I used to go as a trio and we would dress up in these different outfits every year and I've looked back at pictures and it's actually very cringe making <laughs> so bad yeah um, <laughs> dress up as once we we dressed up as Eskimos well we thought we looked like Eskimos and then people stopped us in the street and were like oh my god you guys are you trying to be R- Russian hookers and I was like <laughs> and then the other thing we dressed up as once was pirates but that was with like martin oh yeah guy and a few other people and i remember this picture of us all in pirate outfits with all like i mean just really not great (laughs) big thing why do we not do it in england i know it's It's so so fun fun. yeah yeah we just make pancakes right Yes, yeah. it's quite boring here. I actually <laughs> haven't even had a pancake. Favorite things. I'm going to make so many tonight. And mm. <laughs> um, what what did you dress up as? Ems? Can't remember now. Something weird. I can't remember at all. I remember it. You know, did two quite drunken. God knows. Probably. Oh, a cow. Oh no. <laughs> I don't know. As a cow. Uh, a a valet cow. Yeah. Tom, what's your finest outfit been? Probably naked. Please. Not I right. once when no, not naked. No, I actually went as you know like an avatar uh, yeah. Did yeah. You? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's been your best one to be honest i really i'm always working so i've probably been out in my all my time here i've probably been out twice yeah. for mardi gras so i can't um, say i've not been involved <laughs> but tom you did very well to dodge my comment you would you much prefer having your clothes off than on <laughs> No. <laughs> I don't know why you're saying for fancy dress, you like, you know, it's like any opportunity, even if it's not even a fancy dress, it's just a casual black tie dinner. You're like, get that shirt off. <laughs> oh, Bella, we've been on too many holidays and weddings. <laughs> I literally, it's like, here I am. So what the sun's, no, you know what, like on holiday, the sun won't even be out. It will be cloudy, but as long as it's not raining, it's like, he'll be like, oh, no, I can see the sun's going to poke through in an hour. He'll be like, whoop. Top off, <laughs> well, you know, you don't get much sun on the old body in the, in the ski seasons, so yeah. you can't make, make it make the most of it in the in the summer. No, quite, quite right, quite right. Anyway, moving but, on, swiftly. yeah. But Verbier is just like I fell in love with it because it's a, it's a great community around, mm-hmm. it's, it's an hour to Italy, an hour to Chamonix, brilliant in the summer. You, you got billionaires mixing with first-time seasonaires. Everyone just really gets on and gets on with each other. So that's the real reason why I like Verbier so much. 
I think you hit a good point that like it, that's the great thing about ski resorts. There's no you know weird hierarchy or status or anything. Everyone's just all in there together, and you just all you're quite right. And it's just everyone's in this small little community, this little bubble, and you all just have a great time. And mm. it's a good all year round resort as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think compared to some resorts are just winter based and they don't really have a summer. Mm. So they, it's you know you've got quite an international community with it being near to Geneva. Yeah, and it's not just people working over the season. You got just a, a different influx of people and living here year round you just kind of meet more people in the summer so it's really nice community lots of barbecues social events in the summer mountain biking hiking music festivals that kind of thing so it's yeah it's a nice place to be I'm very lucky yeah really nice you're making me want to move back <laughs> Now, let's touch on Carve. Tell me all about, now it's super cool you're an ambassador for them. I've seen some action videos of you skiing with Carve in your boot. We've just been told, look, it's a digital ski coach technology. That's kind of about it. We are so excited to be finding out more about it and and doing more with them. What's your, why do you find it exciting I, I think it's it's brilliant because if you look at loads of other sports let's take for example cycling there's so much data available to the general general public who, who want to get better and I think Carver the first people to really take on data analysis in skiing mm-hmm. and, and you know they've invented and they keep developing this footbed that's got 36 pressure sensors it's linked to bluetooth linked to an app and, and you put it in your in your boot, and I'm just really interested in all of that data side of sport. And what's really cool about Carve is that they link the pressure sensors, and it gives you readings on your balance, your edge angle, your pressure at different parts of the turn, your rotation, and and puts that together in a run and gives you an overall score called Ski IQ. And it's now linked to video analysis so you can link your foot pressures and your skiing turns up to up to a live video of you skiing and it's you know they've got great content of how to improve in skiing their app is full of stuff like how to get better fitness how to prepare before you go to ski season and then for example if you're getting a fairly low score Mm. let's say you're doing carving it will say well, look, this is how you're going to get a higher score. Here's a link to all these videos of drills you can do, things you can do to improve your edge angle on your carving. Go out, try and do these drills, and then come back and have a go and try and beat your score, which I think is amazing for, yeah, sorry about that. I think it's amazing for like the general public who maybe don't take ski lessons. If you're an intermediate, advanced skier, just going around the piece thinking you're doing all right, you, you've got actually some sort of reference to, oh, well, maybe I'm not doing so well. Maybe I should try these drills and see if I can get a better score. So it, it's brilliant and good on them for taking this on. I just like, I'm a bit of a geek at heart and I love that it's scientific. So like we can get down to the nitty gritty yeah. of like stats and I'm yeah. quite competitive. So I'm like, oh, I can extract this statistic and I need to get better at that and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I'm, we're really excited. We're testing we've both got one on the way so do you say oh, brilliant. 
the piece, the foot. The bed. foot. We like, both got foot bed on the way, so we're really excited. We're both out in three weeks, so we're going to test them out. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and it works really well with skin stretching. Because I thought, oh, won't that? When I first saw it, I thought, won't that put skin instructors yeah. out of the job? Because like you just do the calf thing and not have a lesson. But actually, when you have a lesson and an instructor together, it works really well, doesn't it? Because you can. Yeah, I think for skin instructors, it's just another tool like video analysis. It's just another tool to give more information and see see what's going on. So, yeah. What they're saying also, if I'm skiing, I'm doing short turns towards you, Tom, and you say, oh, Bella, you need to stand on your outside skill, whatever it is. Um, and yeah. then I look at the stats. I can then, you know, I can bark back at you, but I can't bark back a kind of statistic. Mm. So it just back. Exactly, yeah. What I mean, it's like, see, proof in the pudding, <laughs> shut up, Bella, and go back to the top of the run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> So I'm so excited about this. You're, I, well, actually, I'm not excited about this. I'm fucking terrible. Like, I'm like, oh, you're sailing across the Atlantic. No, you're not. You're rowing. Yeah. Across the Atlantic solo. Yeah. Which eight people have done before. Yeah. Only <laughs> successfully been done by eight people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is quite literally a, a huge risk physically, mentally. And most of all, you know, your life is in the hands of the sea, which is a, a very, very big and scary place. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. So cool you're doing it. Obviously, you're off to get on the machine, rowing machine after this. What keeps you going through training? And when are you hoping to sort of set off? So I'm hoping to set off this June, so mid-June. So it'll be solo. A lot of people ask, oh, will, will there be a support boat? No, it's, it's an expedition. So I'll just be on my own in, in a rowboat that's got a little cabin in with my navigation and, and where I'll sleep. And I'll set off from the tip of Canada, so Newfoundland, and cross kind of the route where the Titanic went. So I'll go across the Grand Banks area and then try and get on the, the North Atlantic Current and go over over to the UK, over to Plymouth. I do doing uh, it that way. I just imagined you doing it that way, the other way. Oh, did reason. you? I just thought you'd go, yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? I would have liked to have done the other way. So the mid-Atlantic route is the Canaries to Barbados. But guess what? What? The, well. the, <laughs> the trade winds and the, the currents go in a ski season. So actually, um, I can't miss out on a ski season. So I'm, I'm going to go the colder route. Yeah, the cold route. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hardcore. So, so wait, you're landing in where? Where do you come? Where do you come into? Um, I haven't fully decided yet. Either uh, the C- Silly Isles or or mainland UK, Plymouth. Yeah, I would definitely go Silly Isles in- over Plymouth. <laughs> well, you can have more of a welcome party in Plymouth. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. The more people, I was really excited about coming to the Silly Isles. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And from your training so far, what are you most scared about about the expedition? Good question. I think that I trained all last summer and did 400 hours on the sea and I figured loads of stuff out. I, I wasn't really a rower before this or someone I knew much about the ocean. So I've had to learn all the navigation stuff, kind of how to read the winds, the currents, how to row and steer at the same time, how to sleep in the boat, anchor, that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. The, the big things that scare me are 
if you capsize and get water into into the electrics, it means that you you can't navigate. So you kind of sitting sitting dead in the water. And then big shipping tankers, I'll be crossing a lot of shipping lanes and they go really fast and I'm in a small rowing boat. So don't want to be hit by one of those. And then in the North Atlantic, it can get pretty rough. So any big storms and waves, they're the big three that I'm thinking about a lot. How long does it take for a big ship shipping tank, whatever they're called, to yeah. stop a mile or something, isn't it? Yeah, quite a long time. I've got like an advanced warning system that will let me know if one is near. And then I use a shortwave radio to contact them and say, slow down, I'm here. Please don't crash into me. <laughs> I'm behind that big wave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have to sleep in like just short sections like what do you do yeah it's it's pretty small cabin i like to stretch out and uh, kind of uh, yeah i have to fold up a little bit but it's kind of i'll be rowing three hours on one hour off three hours on one hour off and then trying to get a bit more sleep at at night so so three on three off gosh and then so just so you know (laughs) talk to me like clueless on the situation so at night time you just put it onto autopilot and then you just batten down the hatches and you just go under the deck yeah it, it depends where the currents and the winds are going so if you if you're getting pushed backwards where you don't want to go You've got a thing called a power anchor, which is a huge parachute that you chuck out and it slows you down from, from going in the wrong direction. But then if, if the currents and the winds are taking you the right direction, then you, you, know, you set a course on the auto helm and hopefully then you can get some sleep and some rest. How are you kind of breaking down the journey? Have you got that far? Are you envisaging it as like four stages? Which stage is kind of for you the one that you really want to like get through and then you can not relax but at least like know you're on your way yeah I'm concentrating on my day by day and my daily routine and just keep chipping away at that yeah but the big stages actually are getting off the landmass so getting out of Canada Mm. because you've still got the tidal system until you get into the ocean and it's really cold there because you've got a thing called the Labrador current coming down from the Arctic which mixes with the Atlantic and it's where you see a lot of those fishing programs and stuff. So I, the first three days are massive and I've got to get the right weather window to be able to get off into the Atlantic and make it to the, to the North Atlantic current. Because once I'm on that, that helps me to go across to the UK. Oh, the first three days you're talking about. And it's how many, what's the fastest someone's done it in? So the record is 39 days. And the slowest of the eight? I think 110 days. You don't think about that. And then, and then the, one, the, the record that stood for 15 years was 55 days. So it's a real mix. And I spoke to the guy who broke the record called Bryce Carlson. And he actually did 100 nautical miles without rowing because the winds and the currents were taking him in the right direction. But he capsized 11 times, so he, he, had a, he had a real rough crossing. <laughs> so you can actually just capsize? And yeah, it's going to happen. It, it, it will happen in the North Atlantic. Um, I think the scary thing with capsizing is that it's very hard to get back in the boat, and if you don't, then that's it. Luckily, like safety-wise, I'm, I'm strapped on a three-point harness, okay. and then once you're in the cabin and it's locked, it's pretty safe, and the boats are built to self-right and things, so yeah. 
Okay. Oh God. Well, I'm super impressed and it's amazing. And I'm so excited to continue following your journey. And we're going to share as well the links to exactly what you're doing. Because I think listening to this will be really intrigued to follow it too. Yeah, please follow me. And I'm doing it for Mental Health Charity Minds. So if anyone wants to get involved in in, um, donations, that would be great. Yeah. Absolutely, hundred percent. We'll we'll share. Yeah, that's a great charity, man. and we'll we'll share that too. Um, how are you training for the rowing expedition? Okay, so you know, last summer I had to do a lot of the on sea stuff and the uh, seamanship type thing, and rowing in the actual boat. So I did. I trained in Antibes, in the south of France, and then actually off the coast of the UK um, in Burnham on Crouch on the river river thames estuary but now in the winter it's pretty pretty intense i'm I'm training in the gym six times a week on top of that's intense a full day on the hill and then into the gym yeah yeah and and some of my sessions are strength based some are interval based on the row machine and then some are like sunday session is normally two hours of, of just rowing so, I know I know you're a Pete a personal trainer and a coach yourself but do you have somebody writing this these structures and programs for you or are you doing it for yourself because I know sometimes it's hard when you're actually doing it to yourself yeah good question no I actually thought for accountability I I got a coach and he's rode some oceans before so he knows a lot about it and he writes me a program changes my program it's all linked to an app I put my results in it from every row every strength session and it's brilliant because I'm quite motivated to keep keep knocking the sessions off rather than just setting it myself you know yeah 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 100% definitely because it's something you're capable of doing yourself but actually is it something you would do yourself in something this of this scale yeah yeah exactly. awesome. wow well we are so excited and you'll smash it I know you will you're very you, you're strong and you're very determined so oh, thank you very much You've been selected to be in the Bayesley demo team um, for Interski to represent Great Britain 2023 in Finland. Uh, we did touch on this a bit with Jazz and James in series one. Can you just tell us a bit like what, what it is just and you know, have you done it before? I think the best way I can describe it is a bit like snow sports instructors Olympics. It's <laughs> kind of held every four years. I went to the last one in Bulgaria, um, which was really, really cool. It was actually founded in Austria in 1951. And you have 37 snow sports countries members from around the world who take part in this international congress. And it's really cool because you go there, you kind of, there's a competition or a chance to show off your skiing skills, snowboarding skills, telemark skills, adaptive, Nordic I think I got them all there, but <laughs> but in general, there's 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 what we have a called a a demo run, and every, there's a big crowd. Everyone watches. This year we've got eight skiers performing synchronized skiing or like demo demo skiing, where we we do different routines to music, and it's really cool. Basie's team, the British team, is fifty um, percent female and fifty percent male. That is cool. That's so unusual. Is that yeah, it's brilliant. And, and you know, I think the the guys are struggling to keep up with the girls. They're, well, I certainly am. You know, the girls are awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's brilliant for the British team. Uh, such a good set of skiers and we're represented across all disciplines. 
And we go there, we ski, we learn from other nations. We hold lectures in the evening to tell people about what we're doing within the British system. We attend other people's lectures. Uh, we go to on-snow workshops where we learn, learn from the other countries. And it's just a great chance to meet other people, other nations, listen to other ideas about skiing, snowboarding, snow sports. And it's 10 days and we're going to be in Finland. There are, I just got some facts for you here. Uh, in, in, in Levy, there are 2,053 saunas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 12,000 reindeers just in, in the Levy area. Really? So, so more yeah. reindeer than people, probably. Probably, yeah. And <laughs> um, that's, I love, I love a good fact. I'm actually really envious of going to Finland. It's, I really, really want to go. So it's yeah. really cool going there. And that was such a good way to summarize um, the Basie Demi team. Thanks. Very good. Also, can I just point out, I want everyone <laughs> to know that like they're not doing that old school, silly synchro skiing. This is hardcore, like very steep, fast mm. moving, fast yeah. skiing. It's yeah. Really and- if anyone's listening, you know, you should check out Basie, the social media channels, Instagram, TikTok, because we're going to be releasing loads of content. You can watch our demos. So any anyone really interested in skiing. When is it? It will be this March. So starting March 22nd for 10 it's days. March 22nd and Basie is the British Association of Ski Instructors. No, Snow Sports. Snow Sports Instructors, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, cool. And 22nd of March. Okay, epic. We'll share the link as well afterwards. Brilliant. Great. Okay, So right. last question. Yes. That we're going to ask all our guests this season. Uh, what's your favourite skiing memory of all time? Oh, wow. With me? Yeah, you're up there, Bells, but I think... Yeah, right. And Ems, I think I remember one time I was quite hungover as a ski instructor, you working out in Verbia, and you made these amazing chocolate brownies. And, I didn't make them. And, and they saved my morning, for sure. But no, I, I think it has to be like back to the days of growing up skiing with my brother. And when we were maybe like around 15, carving skis had just come out. And we loved skiing so much. We would go on a family holiday and we would just ski all day and want to ski off piece, on the piece, everywhere. Then we would come back, have some Nutella on, on French bread and then watch ski movies, you know, like Blizzard of Oz and stuff like that. We, we just loved it so much. Mm-hmm. I think I've always had a passion for skiing and the mountains and, and that kind of it's probably why, you know, thinking back to those holidays, we just loved it so much. And yeah, that's probably my favourite memory of skiing. Well, Tom, thanks. Really? Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you both. Thanks for having me on. It's been, been a pleasure and thanks for all your questions. <laughs> it's been such fun. Sorry, I always get off on a tangent. I know I started asking some random shit. So. You probably need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh right. so good to see you thank you thank you it really thanks for inviting me on it's it's really we cool we loved it it was thanks so fun best guest brilliant bye 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 so good to speak to tom really nice so what were you trying to tell at the end with the brownie situation and then we had to stop I really wanted to know the rest of that story. Oh, I'm glad he remembers my the brownies, not my brownies. So yeah, he t- he I had an off piece lesson lesson with him, and which was great slash 
quite scary because it was a whiteout and powder up to whatever and I was just terrified but um it was all a great experience and then to say thank you I just basically I used to work in a chalet in Verbier like a luxury chalet and obviously I didn't make any of the food they had like Michelin trained chefs and I just took some of the brownies and gave them to Tom as a present and I was like thanks so much for the lesson and he was like oh my god and then he was like these are the best brownies I've literally ever had and I was like oh yeah no worries <laughs> you haven't completely no oh my <laughs> god that is too good I probably good. just fancy Tom I was just trying to make a good impression I was like yeah hi Tom here are my brownies yeah. but was the ski lesson a success the I'm not sure how I think I was probably a bit of a bit of a disaster I don't know I know I'm sure you are I love that he remembers the brownies <laughs> Bells, quick rundown. Where have you been this season and where are you going? So I was in Cromontana, as I just mentioned a little earlier, where in January, and that was great. I'd never been before. It was really fun to experience it. It's a very, very hard resort to describe. It's super unique. It's, do you know what, Holly, who was out with me, she described it in what I would say is actually a really good way. It's like Majev and Verbier have had a baby. Ah, okay. So like old school, <laughs> but classy, but also... Or maybe Chamonix. Like it's quite yeah. towny. It's quite big. Oh, okay. It's quite spread out. It's quite big. Like people very much live there mm. full time as, as a home. It's yeah. not, you know, a little... Like starred. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So not much holiday. Yeah, so so it was cool. Um, it was great to be back on the snow. It was great to ski. I was super lucky with my timing. There'd just been that massive dump. So when I arrived there, not that I was skiing that much because it was a lot of work, but when I got out there, it was still a whiteout and lots and lots of snow. And then throughout the 10 days I was there, by about halfway through the week, everything turned to bright sunshine and we'd had all this big dumps of snow. Mm. So actually it was amazing conditions. So nice. Really lucky, yeah. Slash you're working all the time. So you didn't didn't actually <laughs> really get to enjoy that much at all, but yeah. Um, how was uh, I went out to San Martin de Belleville in December. I visited M Lodge, which is a brand new five-star hotel in San Martin, which is amazing. It's, it just has 25 rooms, so it's kind of like a boutique hotel. And it was the opening weekend, so it's great to experience that. And it was lovely. And I quickly top, went to Val to visit my brother, and the World Cup was on at the time, so that's quite cool. So that was nice. And I'm going out in, going back to Val in March, mid-March. But we can talk about that in the coming episodes. And you're going to... Yes, I'm out to Three Valleys. Um, I will be in Maribel, like also mid-March. Holiday this time, so yeah. Yay! Can't wait. You deserve one, Bells. No. You know, just to let everyone know, we're super excited about where we're going with the season. So please stay tuned. We've got a really eclectic mix of guests coming on. We've everything from fashion, ski fashion specifically, through to kind of sustainability. As well as like ski geekiness, you know. Influencers, um, journalists, photography. Yes. All that sort of thing. And lots of exciting names coming on board. We would love to hear your thoughts and questions. So as always, please contact us by email at girlsonthepiece at gmail.com or Instagram us on our Instagram handle at girlsonthepiece. Please subscribe to the pod wherever you are listening. Rate us and write a review to help us get the word out. Thanks. See you next week. Oh, yeah, and we will be here every Friday. Yeah, we will be launching a new episode every Friday until the end of the ski season. 
Carver offering our listeners a limited time 10% discount code. You can find details for this in the podcast description. The code is Carve Like Girls Pod. Supercharge your skiing with Carve, the fastest way to improve your technique every winter. <laughs>